today we have a very special guest. I say that every week, but the reason why this is a special podcast is because who I've got on is Jermaine DeVos. He's an accomplished dancer, performer, he's an actor, but more importantly, he's also a radio host. Yes. And uh, so we've got a podcast host and a radio host a radio on host. today. And we're going to talk the differences and how you got into the entertainment industry and sure. just have a casual yarn. And I've been looking forward to this for a while. I am, but I'm really nervous as well at the same time, because like I just said before, this is like the first time I'm in the interviewees. The pressure's seat. on you so now. The pressure's on me. And I'm going to like, <laughs> oh, like, you know, it, it's, it's, I haven't had the time to think of answers or anything like that either. So, okay. And see, I can't even operate the mic well as an, inter- <laughs> as an interviewee. But anyway. How is it different? How is it different being mm. the interviewee? No, um, just being on a podcast because this is your first podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think in the radio world, what in, well, in what I, what I do, I'm only talking the mic for like sixteen to twenty seconds in between yeah. songs, and you know when we go into ads and things like that as well. So talking for for how, however long we're going to talk for, to me, kind of feels a bit unnatural. I mean, I do work in the breakfast show environment, but that's more kind of behind the scenes doing video and social media for the breakfast talent. So, but they talk for maybe four minutes max and then have to go into a song or go into ads or even like a pre-recorded session. So I guess the whole idea of talking for 30 minutes to an hour, um, yeah, very foreign. It's foreign, but you know, more and more people I think are starting to like the long form yeah. conversational sort of, uh, you know, banter between two yeah. people. I think you get to sort of understand a little bit more about where you're coming from, who you are. Mm. It surprises me every week how many people listen to, I mean, I'm, I'm a nobody really. No, I mean, especially for people <laughs> overseas, uh, I'm really a nobody, Right. but yet people will sit down and listen, and I'm thinking, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a two-people chat. Yeah, that's about it. I know. But, you know, since uh, Jermaine's got his radio voice, I've got to sort of deepen my voice now. Well, I, see. see, that's another thing too. It's weird when a mic comes on, all of a sudden it's just like, well, uh, hello, uh, let's let's have a chat. It kind of it automatically goes into that. It's almost like, I guess, if you were to, if you're a dancer and they just tell you, oh, just hop on the stage for a second, you might hop on stage and not kind of be yourself. Your body turns into like a kind of a yeah. dance prepare mode type of thing. So yeah. it could be the same, I guess, when the mic is on. But, you well. know, with this, what, uh, what tends to happen is after about five minutes, six minutes, ten minutes, you tend to forget. Relax. And then you just sort of have a, have a chat. I've had people on here that are so nervous to begin with because they don't they don't do any of this. Sure. But you know, twenty minutes in, and then an hour goes past, and they're like, "Oh, I could have done an hour." <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that happens because well, the weird thing about this whole thing is probably looking at you face to face, like this close as well. A bit personal, yeah. Because usually in the radio environment, it's you know, there's a big desk in between us, or you know, quite a bit of a distance as well. So. Well, most of the time I'm alone in the studio. So it's that whole... Are you? Yeah, because I do like the music shifts. So it's just me talking to nobody really and saying, you know, this song's up next or oh, okay. this type of stuff is happening. So I'm most of the time alone when I'm on air. So, yeah, I think that's probably also the thing that's a little bit different. It must be hard because you're stuff. a people person too. Yeah I, yeah, I can be. I mean, the, the hard thing about it is just you'd want to try to talk to as many people as you can, but but deliver it in a way that you're talking to one person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's the kind of the craft that you got to that you got to do. Um, so it is hard, but at the same that's time, that's what you're trained for. That's what you're trained for. Yeah, exactly. Now, tell me how all that began. 
What made you head into broadcast? What made me head into broadcasting? Um, I think it started when I was 12 years old. So there was, you would have probably known, there's a radio station in Perth where there was called Groove 1017. Yeah, I love that. That was a hip hop station. Um, and I mean, I've always been a big music fan and, um, you know, you know, anything pop culture related, I was just, my, my brother and I were massive fans of. And um we listen to Groove 117 a lot. And then they, there was an ad saying, oh, you know, if we're looking to, to have people be part of our team because it's a community radio station. And I just thought, okay, you know, why not? I was 12 years old and I, was, I just thought, you know, let's give it a shot, see what happens. Send an email through and then they just said, yeah, come along and we'll give you a tour and we'll just, just see if you want to help out. That early. That early, yeah. It was nothing, nothing on air. It was just producing. So I was producing one of the weekend shows. Um, and then I just kind of just did that for a bit. Um, enjoyed it, went to high school, stopped doing that. Um, and I didn't really see radio until I was probably about 19 years old. I kind of just did other things more like in the entertainment field. But then uh, the kind of the the want to do radio came back when I was finishing up uni because I was, um, oh gosh, I don't know where to begin. It, gets, it kind of pops into your life then pops out and then comes back in and you know comes out. But there were some opportunities that came where I had to be interviewed um, on radio or co-host a show. And I was like, I kind of like this. So then when I finished up my undergrad, I decided, okay, I think I want to take broadcasting. I, wanna, I think that might be my next step. So I went into a postgraduate broadcasting course and um, and then it all kind of happened from there. So it's weird. It's kind of like came in my life a little bit, just disappeared, came back in, you know, a few tiny bits there and there. And then now I like doing it. You've got bit. quite an interesting family. Tell us about, <laughs> where were you born? I was born here in Perth. I was born in Subi. Uh, my mum is Mauritian. She's from Mauritius. My dad's from Burma. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, we're Burmese, aren't we? We're both Burmese. Yeah, yeah. yeah there we, we are. Go. I actually, I didn't know. I remember the Mauritian part. Yes. And I just kept thinking you were, you Mauritian. were all Mauritian yeah. because of Martine. Yes. But uh, my uncle turned around when I said that I've got you coming on. He said, uh, divorce is a, is a Burmese name. And I was like, really? Yeah. So then I thought, yeah, it must be one of your parents is that. Yeah, my dad. You have a twin. Yes. This is interesting because I had on a guy months and months ago and we had a long twin talk on the mm -hmm. podcast and I think you commented. Oh, probably. Okay. You commented <laughs> because of the twins. And I was, yes. I was just interested on the dynamics of... If you have a twin, do they like the similar things that you like? Right. Or? Yeah. Well, yeah, hundred percent. So um, Jesse and I, everything that we, everything that he's doing, everything that I'm doing, we both have a very similar interest for, and we pretty much do the same thing. Right. The radio side of things, though, I think that's a bit different because radio, for me, the reason why I do it is not because I have an interest in radio. It's just it. It's just what we talk about, like. Radio, it's all about like, well, my, the radio station I work at, it's all about music and all about entertainment and talking about songs. And, you know, and my other job at that radio station is, you know, doing videos and, and, you yeah. know, and, you know, talent stuff. That's the stuff my brother and I like. So we love entertainment. We love pop culture. We love all those things. It's just the delivery of those is where we're different. Right. That makes sense. So I'm more radio. I like doing film. I like dancing. I love all those types of things. And Jesse, he's more of a film person. He likes film. Um, behind he, the camera? He loves behind the camera stuff. Oh, yeah, he okay. loves being that person who's kind of making the films. But his style, the way uh, we have a different type of uh, – preference of genre and things like that when it comes to the way we watch films or the way we direct or sure. make those types of things. But um, 
overall, the interest in in everything is pretty much the same. Like we can watch the same movies, enjoy the same music. We love the same music. Um, those things, maybe if that makes any sense at all. How did you guys get into dancing together? Because I, I do know that's where a lot of people know you guys. And you had a claim to fame with one of your videos. We did, yes. Well, firstly, uh, we, we just always danced. Like when since we were young, like talking babies, we just were always glued to the TV watching a lot of Michael Jackson and TLC and all that type of stuff. And we're just dancing for family and all those types of stuff. Right. We then went did a talent quest at school um, and then – that's kind of what it was. That's that's all it was really. We we're just dancing for other people doing, you know, you know, when you go to those family events, they're like, oh, you know, these kids are doing a floor show, this, you know, all that. that's kind of what we were doing for most of our most of our childhood. And then when we were 18, um, we decided to film a video of us dancing to a Lady Gaga song. And we were big Lady Gaga fans back then. We kind of just decided to put it up on social media, sent it to a few of Gaga's people. Because we were, you know, fans when you yeah when you when you Gaga's dancers, her boyfriend, all these people. So oh, we were like, okay, we'll send it to them to see maybe if that's an easier way to kind of get it to Gaga. How did you know them, or you knew of them? We knew of them because oh, we okay. were just fans. Got, yeah, do you know what I mean? Him. So then um, we Gaga's ex well, boyfriend at the time, Luke, he saw it and then he messaged us and said, "You guys are great. I'm going to send this to Gaga." So we were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Gaga's going to see this was crazy. And we we're, were ecstatic enough about that. Um, and then next minute, she's tweeting the video. So she's putting the video. I saw up that and, tweet. Yeah, yeah. This was oh, this Well, is... I saw it today. When I went onto your website today, just to, <laughs> okay. just to sort of yeah. have a refresher, yeah. I, I saw the tweet there. You know what's yeah. a fun fact about that, though, is we posted it on Vimeo, right? So, you know, I mean, every entertainer and, I guess, film media person knows Vimeo, yeah. uh, which is a video service. Because she had a partnership with YouTube, she grabbed the video and uploaded a fake like Gaga <laughs> fan account and put it there. She, they did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or well, her team did, yeah. So Jeez. then, then they uploaded that and tweeted that out, and it went on her Facebook, Twitter, everything like that as well. Um, so from that, that's when um, our dance stuff really kind of then kind of got shown out to people, and then clubs were asking us to dance, and all these different events and and, and companies were asking us to dance, and that's kind of how we did our dance I do remember stuff. you saying to me there was a difference in opinion on what you guys should do from then with you and Jesse. Yes. What was that? Well, that's kind of when the differences between me wanting to be like the performer happened and then my brother wanting to be this creator kind of was happening. So I was saying, you know, we probably should start, you know, doing YouTube and, you know, start kind of getting into the social media world because that's how it happened. That's kind of how the whole thing kind of came out. Let's go into media. Let's, you know, let's really put our, ourselves out there a bit more. And Jesse was like, no, let's go and let's go and make more films and let's go and make these dance films and all the, like just being a bit more creative right. on that side. And that's when we kind of kind of separated a little bit yeah. for the first time and I was going and doing all this media stuff and he was which is also quite nice because yeah. you, you're yeah. both finding your own voice yeah that's your true sort of passions in that way but yeah. I know what you're saying like capitalize on that yeah, like, oh, yeah like, let's let's take advantage of it now do you know what yeah. I mean and like <laughs> I know this is going to sound really really bad but I said to him I was like we were having this fight one day and I was like you wait someone from Perth is going to make it big on YouTube and it's not going to be us because you wanted to make these little artsy films <laughs> right and the next minute there's Troy Savan just going massive and <laughs> It's like years yeah. later. And I was like, see, see what happens here. See what happens if we, if we just stuck to my plan. But um, the reason why I asked that is because I know that I used to watch the 
Les Twins. Les Twins. Yes. You know the French twin yes. dancers? They're yes. Fantastic. Yeah, they're great. But I think also because they were so – they are twins, there's something – that gravitates you towards them. Yes. Now they both look alike. They dress like, you know, street. They could sort of read each other in the moves as well, which is, I don't know if that sort of helped yeah, in their yeah. routines. Oh, you they, know? they have a, a lot of great energy. And um, yeah, I get what you mean. It, 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 that that twin language, it's not like a, it's it's not in, like, it's not like a telekinetic kind of thing, no. but we get each other. It's yeah. almost like it's kind of that same relationship you have on stage with someone if you if you can work well with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, when sure. You, you can just feel it. And there'll be times on stage where when we were doing dancing, we'd change up something on stage, like just with each other and we, we kind of just know. Sort of in sync, both yeah, of you sort of in sync. Yeah, where to go. Like it wow. just kind of, it's this weird kind of energy that that is on stage and that's fun. That's stuff I like. And what does, what does Jesse do now? Jesse's a film student now. Where? So I'm um, at ECU. Oh really? Yeah. So he's um, on his last semester. He's made some great films. I don't know. He's he's working on a film now. Oh, he's going to kill me if I don't know exactly what it's about. But it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. Um, it's a it's like a coming of age story. Um, oh. And it involves mirror bowls, and that's a great motif. And but he's doing really really well. He's he's making some great stuff. I mean, he's written some other stuff, and I've seen the scripts. I'm like, wow. Like that's crazy. So both creative, and you have a sister too. I have a sister. Is yes. she creative as well? Um, or in, in- no, but I have to give her credit because she's the reason why we are creative. Because when we were younger, um, all she would do is play us Michael Jackson. Oh, she's old. She's she the was, Yeah, she's sister. nine years older. So she'd play like a lot of Michael Jackson, a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. And that's right. uh, that was kind of our, our childhood is just watching all those and learning Well, you've them. got – it sounds like you've got parents that also have mm. that influence of what mm. they grew up with. Because mm. you know, you've got to remember Michael Jackson's from – yeah, you in know, the eighties and nineties. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, when he was the Jackson Five oh, yep, in the sixties, and yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Um, I I don't think the Jacksons were that big with my mum and dad. Really? Um, no, I don't. Like, so they weren't playing it around the house for your sister to listen to. No, my sister was the one playing really? it around. Yeah, wow. yeah, it was. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I don't really know much about my sister's kind of childhood when it came to music and. How old was, is your sister? She is. She's nine years older than me, so she'll be thirty-six. Right. Okay. No, 30, yeah, 36. Okay. Um, so, yeah, she um, – yeah, I don't really know her background when it came to, to entertainment, but um, I think most of it came from my sister because she looked after us more than my, – my parents were working all the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they were kind of always working and doing their thing, and my sister was the one kind of dressing us up as the Spice Girls and we were little <laughs> those types of things. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's kind of how our childhood was. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of fun. We, you know, I guess we got a lot of inspiration from that. I suppose, I mean, with my sister being in the entertainment industry quite young, yeah, I, I don't know if it had an influence in such a way, but I think maybe our, our passion and love for, for movies and storytelling and mm-hmm. my mother used to be an avid reader so and she would watch movies too. So there is always that influence coming down. Yes. But do you know what's, what's important, what you said earlier, is that at 12 years old you sort of had a feeling and you went to the radio and yes. do you know there's a, there's a saying that, Everybody at the age of 12 in that year has an insight. It could be a flash or a dream of what it is they are here for. Mm. I mean, if you think of all the spiritual leaders, all the the great artists like Mozart, even Jesus Christ left home Mm. at 12 and, you know, so at 12 years old, they say that there is a slight insight into your life and what you want, what you're here for. 
And it's weird because every now and then I hear, oh, I was 12 years old and I did this. And you said that just then. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if if this is what you want to do, but um, well, it kind of great job. It came its way, it, like it, it came back. Do you know what I mean? Like it was kind of one of those things that was there. Then high school got in the way. Well, not it didn't get in the way, but I kind of just was focused on other things. High school always yeah, gets in yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then it came back. It's funny you say that because the same time. And when I was 12, my brother and I then started making movies together. We were just, we were just, they were pretty terrible movies, but they were, they were, but they were, you know, the first time we got to get creative and actually make something out of it that we were sending to people and, yeah. you know, all those types of things. Um, so it's interesting you say that because that stuff started happening at 12 as well. All the, all right. the, all the film stuff, like the collaboration. Yeah. Well, it's in entertainment yeah. somewhere. You know, you've got to be involved in it in one way or yes. another, right? Yeah. So you've been in radio, in broadcast for how long now? Uh, for about four years. Oh, so why? Yeah, yeah. So four years. Um, so I graduated from the broadcasting course 2016, and that's when I got my well, job at Nova. Where was that? That was at ECU. That was ECU. Yeah, so that's a postgraduate diploma. Right. Um, it's a year, and it's crazy hectic because it's like they just throw you in the deep end for everything you do. Like, Which is good. We, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good. It's really, really good, but... Jesus Christ, that was so scary. Um, Were you thinking that, of just ECU or did you look at the School of Audio Engineering, SAE I, I and looked, stuff like that? I looked everywhere. The reason why I chose e, um, ECU was because there were so many people um, at, at Nova, at all these other um, places. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, you know, Channel 7, SBS, sure. you know, all these different people. Um, they all said... I did this course and it was hectic. And oh, good. That's, and I was already at ECU for my undergrad. So I thought, okay, okay I might give that a shot too. But um, yeah, the, like I, I did my, my research around and there's so many. I, I even went tours around SAE and all that type of stuff as yeah, well. So, yeah. so that was pretty cool. But I thought ECU might be the better fit for me. So um, in your opinion, in the last, say, four years, mm. how has radio and broadcast changed? Because I know with the, with the invent of podcasting, mm -hmm. Uh, like what I'm doing here that can go out to the world. Has that had an effect at all in broadcast? Yes. You can see the benefits of how radio is today um, yeah. in, in, in those environments. And I see it clearly and, and I see all the people who are passionate about it. Um, it's just more me growing up and kind of going, okay, this was my environment before I developed a passion for radio and this is it this is it now and you know these emerging um services like you know spotify apple music all these different things are coming in i think people think that it's threatening radio i think that's would you say that's the kind of conversation people are having is that sort is of, it threatening or no if if you are going to if you are going to keep radio on the track of the old school way sure but i do know that a lot of radio is moving into podcasting too yes okay. am i right yeah no that's very true yeah well i mean Podcasting is a massive market, but um, one thing that kind of gave me that inspiration to continue on with broadcasting um, uh, when I did it in my postgrad was actually the fact that Apple did that Beats One service. I'm not sure if you've heard of Beats no. One. So Beats One is a digital radio station that's 24-7 live. They broadcast worldwide, and it's it's almost like a triple J but on Apple's music, the music app. Oh, okay. Right? So it operates the same way as kind of any other radio station around the world, but it's on Apple's music app and it's it's awesome. Like they have all the big name artists, Lady Gaga, um, uh, who else? I'm trying, I'm trying to so essentially it's, ra it's a radio it's station It's a radio for station Apple. for Apple, yeah, and, and it's awesome. Um, and that's when I 
the the decision for me to go into broadcasting happens. So, right, does that, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So I, you know, a lot of people have the conversation of you know, is podcasting going to take over radio and all these types of things? Radio has its advantages, right? People love localism. People love the immediate localism True. as well. Do you True. know what I mean? And um, people also, you know, like knowing what they should be listening to as well. I think radio really does that yeah. as well. Like, you know, these are the hottest songs right now. Sure. You should give them a listen. So people want to mix that, want that together when they're in their cars or even some people like to listen to it on their phones or things like that. So I still think there is a future. There but, is. There but is. I think, yeah, just the delivery and the execution of that needs um, reinventing in a yeah. way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's happening. I mean, that's, I think Apple is the great way this is going. Do it through an app, you know, just make the the content really exciting, add some stuff in that anyone else is doing. The the, the thing is where like the, the users, the consumers, we're in charge now. Do you that's know what I mean? Right. We choose what we want to hear. That's we right. choose the music we want to hear, everything like that. The moment people The immediacy can, of it. Yeah. And the mm. moment people can understand that and know this is what people care about, we can fit that into into True. anything, I think. Anyway. True. I like how you said it's people still like that local yeah. feel to it, you know. I had a Stephen Parry uh, Valentine on last week. and mm-hmm. uh, He makes a living from YouTube and he put it in a really good way. He said, look, all it is is social media is a new form of the old media. So mm-hmm. you've got podcasting, which is like radio. Yes. Um, YouTube, which is like television mm-hmm. and and things like that. And Netflix and all, which is the cinema. Mm-hmm. So it's just how they evolve and how yes. television, how cinema will work uh, yeah. with this sort of new format. So I, I do know some of the big films that are coming out. I think it was Mulan and and... Uh, James Cameron's films and Avatar. But with Mulan, they were talking about whether they're going to do, instead of just, they'll do a cinema release, but maybe a paid a, a paid stream yes, on, online yeah. um, for something like $26 or whatever. So a family can look at it, mm-hmm. which could be actually really good. You see, they are evolving. They're with, evolving. With the times. With the times. You know? Especially with COVID now. Yes. In, in America, I don't know if you can go to the cinemas now. I'm not sure. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know about that. But you know, it's funny you say that because my boss, um, who kind of you know, give him a shout out, Dave McClung. <laughs> he'll surely be listening to this. I can tell you that. Um, uh, he every single time he listens to any of my radio stuff, my my air checks or things like that, he always goes to me. Do people care? about this or do people care what you have to say? Do people care what song you're about to say next? Do people care, you know, um, what you're trying to tell us right now, right? And I think that principle applies to pretty much what what we're talking about here of, you know, these new mediums, things like that. So for example, Mulan, right? Mulan, we're going to put that on Disney Plus, charge you a premium. If you really want to see it, then put it on there. Do you know what I mean? It gives gives the user that freedom to go, well, I really care about, I, I really want to you know, I care about watching this movie. I really want to do it. I'm willing to pay, to pay the premium to do that. I think that's what is really going to be the guidance towards all these new um, mm. these new moves that, that people make when it comes to the new consuming technologies, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's kind of the way I see it. I think the same, same thing with the radio. It's simply if I'm going to listen to if I'm going to listen to radio onto an app, do people care enough to be able to do that? Or how can we how can we alter our product to make people care about it, to, or, or to to suit what people care about? That's 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 the majority of it is finding yeah. out what people care for. Yeah, but also people have become lazier. True, you know, like <laughs> do people do people wander to to their video cabinet to get a DVD? 
True. Put it in the DVD player, push play, or do they just stream it? Yes. Even from their phones. Yes. And it's a shame because it's nice to go back to that old, that those yeah. format. I've still got Laserdisc. I don't know if you know what yeah, a Laserdisc, I know a Laserdisc is. Disc, yeah. I've, got like, I've got like a hundred of them. I tried to sell them on eBay for like $5 each. They were costing me a hundred dollars each. They, they still look pretty neat. Like, I mean, I can imagine that being the next vinyl. Like are people going to be collecting Laserdiscs? I took one into film school yeah. and the students were like, what is that? Just, is that coming out in the future? Because they just thought it was like a... A, a big CD a, or a big a DVD. DVD. Yeah, they thought sure. it was a new format of a DVD. I was like, mate, this is coming gone, this, you know. But, but what you're saying at the same time too, you could apply to cinema. Do you know what I mean? Like cinema, it's, yeah. Because yeah, again, people don't want to... People choose not to go to the DVDs and to the cabinet because, yeah, it's a lazy way to do things. But again, if I'm talking about the localism of things sure. or the, the, you know, the whole idea of I can't get that type of fi- that type of feeling or that yeah. immediacy from a podcast or you know, yeah. that type of thing, I think maybe that's probably the direction yeah. we can go. A lot of smart speaker integration now. Who would have thought? <laughs> I'm like, a sucker for that. Yeah. Well, I thought that stuff would come in like way into the future. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. just coming in and telling Siri to turn on your lights or to, you know, those types of things. I think that's pretty cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> sorry if anyone has Siri on their podcast. And my you're, lights uh, are all smart as well. Okay. Like. Okay. Right. Okay. So we've got to be careful. We have a code word for these voice assistants. Well, I love the fact that you can go um, play 90s hip hop by Tupac Shakur. Yeah. yeah. Play Biggie Smalls. Yeah. Play Elvis Presley, yeah, you know, yeah, and all the songs, even on Apple TV, you can yeah. say all movies directed by Ridley Scott. Brrr, everything yeah. comes it brings up. It all up. It's unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. I, I love the whole idea of saying to Siri, "Play something I'd like." You can yeah. be really general with it. Because I've it's never kinda, done. I've never done that. Yeah, and it plays, and like it will play some stuff that you normally listen to. So it goes some through Apple stuff. Music, and yeah, it kind of goes through. It doesn't go through your listening history, but it kind of just goes. Okay, these are the types of playlists. That's that fucking is. scary, though. Do you, yeah. <laughs> Do you <laughs> know what? I'm the uh, uh, look. I have to be honest. I grew up posting everything and anything online and social media things you like that. You grew up in the online world. Yeah. So mm. for me, those things don't really You youngsters. I know. I know. I'm that type of person that'll go scroll down, yes, 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 and then go, wait, what? The first um, time like my wife and I were talking and suddenly Siri goes, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. And that freaked the shit out <laughs> of both of us. Well and then it happened more and more. But yes. it's some um, it's funny how you just become so complacent, but at the same time you just don't care anymore. Yeah. People are like, oh, it's heard, whatever. It's a, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's 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 a weird, it's a, it's a scary thing. but It's scary, but I'm the guy that would, like, have a complete smart home. <laughs> yeah. <hundred>, yeah. <laughs> you know, like um, like getting locks for your doors. Yes. And being able to, you know, the, the video doorbells, the smart yes. home kit doorbells, that when someone rings the doorbell, the picture comes up on the Samsung fridge. Yes. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Like everything just kind of so interconnected. And then, and then you can and just go home kit open, oh, hi Siri, open the door, you know, unlock the door, it. whatever. I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's you, you can customize it however you want. You yeah, know what I mean? And yeah. it's and again, it's to my laziness because at the end of the night, I love the fact that I can just say, "Hey Siri, turn off." There oh goes God, my phone. You're, you're going to activate yeah. everyone's phone like, now. <laughs> turn off all my lights. Sure. Yeah. Or I didn't know you can actually say it's too bright in this room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it will darken the light darken in that room. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, a lot of my friends get really kind of shocked when paranoid I- Paranoid or- No, not no paranoid, but they get, they get a little shocked when I tell them, I go, look, you don't have to say, play Michael Jackson. It's like, you can actually 
be a bit more casual with your conversation with it. So you can, you know, you can say, hey, Siri, it's, oh, sorry, I just, I'm going to activate anyone's Siri speaker again. <laughs> Actually, sorry. That, that really doesn't, though. It's, it doesn't? It's, it's when you talk Amazon. Oh. You know, when you, when you say Alexa, I think that's, sorry, guys, for yeah. saying Alexa. But <laughs> Siri is sort of more, I think, to your voice. Like, you, when you said that, it didn't it activate didn't my it. phone. Okay. Oh, so when I try and activate <laughs> my wife's phone. It won't do it. Yes. So maybe it's... Uh, maybe. Yes. Like who it is. But a bit safe saying that. A bit safe. Well, speaking of Siri, okay, it's great. I love using it. It's wonderful. But there were times where, they, where Siri has scared the living shit out of me. And it's involving the whole idea of having your whole home connected to, to, connected to Siri. I was sleeping one night, right? And all my lights are connected to Siri. And I was sleeping. And all I heard, I heard Siri go, mm-hmm, right? And, yeah. And then I was like... Uh, okay, that was a bit, you know, whatever. That's just Siri, whatever. I went to sleep. Then my lights turned on, right? And I was like, oh, okay. It's, you know, maybe something, maybe I've accidentally set a little cue on, on the on the home app or whatever. So I went and turned them off and they turned back on. And I was like, okay, a little scary. And I was like, maybe, maybe it's just my Wi-Fi or whatever. So I turned off the router, right? And then that turns off everything. Do you know what I mean? So I have to manually turn it back on. Yeah. I went back to sleep and the lights just kept flashing on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off, like for... I'd say for about a minute. Bloody and hell. You know, and that's when I had that slight suspicion that maybe something is, someone's listening. Yeah, or, yeah, or, or, or screwing or, with no, me. No, I was thinking supernatural. I was there going, is my apartment haunted? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've turned off every single like internet Wi-Fi route to any sort of connection, then get these lights happening. And it's just turning on and off, on and off, on and off. I didn't sleep the entire night because I was like, I don't know how to deal with these that lights. That would be anymore. a good story. Yeah. Like a, can you imagine a smart home turning against you? I think the Simpsons have done that already. Well, I'm not we, surprised. <laughs> I think Pierce Brosnan, which is even scarier that the Simpsons that. do it, because yeah, you know yeah, that in you know, ten years something. it's actually going to happen. I was thinking the other day with all your locks being integrated. Yes, could you actually get locked in a house? I know mm. you can still operate it with a key, but I'm talking ten years from now. Sure, there, there won't be keys. Come on. Mm. I mean, yeah. look at what's happening with cars now. You don't need a key. You need a key. That's true. It's very true. Um, I don't gee, know. I don't know. Mate. Yeah, I guess. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there has to be some like horror stories that have been, you know, that that have already happened. Black and, Mirror. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's don't give them any ideas because then people are going to like you know not buy any home kit stuff and then you're going to be all one out. But um, but do you find Siri be... a little bit dumb compared to yes Alexa and I do, Google? but I think it's because they have that search engine and Alexa. Yes. But for the everyday usage of your basic things, playing yes. music, figuring out what's on your calendar, locking, yes. like using HomeKit and stuff like that, it works perfectly. It works perfectly. Well, see, I used to work at Apple, funny enough, um, in the retail stores. And I know that that was kind of the big thing. Once these big, you know, because Siri was the first one in the game to to have the, you know, this voice and stuff. And then Amazon came in and They're Google. normally the first one they in are. the game. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Um, but... As that, as they were happening, a lot of people were saying the stuff like, you know, oh, I don't use Siri anymore. I use Amazon, Google, that type of stuff. But really, it's the whole conversation about privacy that is what we were encouraged well, to talk Apple about. Well, Apple is probably you know I mean? the best yeah, probably for that. Because they don't sell your whatever you're asking for and all that type of stuff. And, you know, they can analyze it, though. That's in the little settings bit when sure. you start up your phone. But, um, you know, they can't sell it to third party. So there's no third party integration with Siri yeah. directly. So that's probably why it's not as smart as, let's say, Google or Alexa or those right. types of things. Because, you know, you can't go, you know, order, you know, 
order some yeah. toilet paper and have it delivered to me. Like, you know, you can't do those things because then you're going to have to give that data to a third party. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Apple is so strict about this. I like things. I like the fact yeah. that it is, you know, you're a bit more secure with Apple. A bit more secure. You worked with Apple, so I've got two questions. Okay. You. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do I buy an Apple HomePod now or is there a number two coming out that you think? Because you hear rumors of yeah. a HomePod mini. Yes. And a HomePod coming out. But that's been rumours for That's rumours for a long time. Long? Yeah. Because I really want to get one. I've got, so, oh look, I've got Sonos now yeah. and I love it. But I'd just, I'd love to get a HomePod that I can activate HomeKit with mm. wherever I am in this place. Mm. What do you reckon? Well, I mean, I think the HomePod got released in like 2017, if, I know. if I'm correct. So it's been a long time. Mm. Um, and I don't think a lot of people are buying HomePods, if I'm going to be completely honest. Really? Uh, like, it, it, like. Like all they the rumors are saying, they sound though. great, but mm. they're like five hundred bucks, I think. Well, they're like they're kind of expensive. They need to come so, down. Yeah, I think um, I, I imagine they'd release one soon, but uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think if they were to make a mini one, they'd brand it as a Beats speaker rather than it being a HomePod Mini right, or anything right. like that. Because Do you have one you know, or two. I have one, just one. I hear the yes. two when you sync them up. Sounds yes, you, you can get two, two. Um, you can kind of get surround sound or whatever they're whatever they're talking about mm. there. But that being said, uh, yeah, I, I would imagine they're going to do a refresh because they're focusing so much on the AirPods right now. Yeah, you know, know. The, the AirPods, AirPods Pro. There's probably another one coming out. They surely would have to then kind of go. Okay, well, let's get you know, let's get back into HomePods. But I haven't heard of any rumors or any sort of analysts saying anything about HomePods. I'm not an Apple expert either. Let's just say that. But I just wanted to go on rumor blogs, just kind of you know. Tim Cook's looking, you know, looking at this yeah. on YouTube now. Going. <laughs> He's there going, okay, yes, let's build a HomePod. We forgot about that. But um, okay, yes, yeah, so that's your first question. Second question: <laughs> Why did you leave Apple? Uh, I left Apple so I could do the postgrad broadcasting course. Oh, okay, that was the that was the turning point. That was the turning point. But I'm actually kind of annoyed that I did that because I didn't realize that at, at Apple, if you are studying a course um, that relates to a potential Apple job, they pay you tuition. No. Yeah. So and this postgrad broadcasting course I did, it was just for one year. That's great. Yeah, yeah but the cost. It was so expensive, and like. I don't know, like if I kind of just did it and then was like, hey, let's try to see if I can get into the Apple Music side of things and let's see if I can work there. Apple would have covered my entire tuition. That's that's fucking great. Yeah, that's awesome, right? I, w- I would have been like, yeah, I would have been over the moon. But I was a little pissed off about that because I was just like, I only found that out when I left. I was like, <laughs> if I knew that, I would have figured out a way to keep working at Apple, exactly. do the broadcasting, and then internally make my way through to There's a the lot Apple of Music. incentives, though, when you work there, like just getting yes. the discounts oh, and, yes. and all of that sort of stuff. Well, I know because we got mutual friends that, uh, oh, that yeah, yeah, with did, you at the time. And did they tell you about the three-year, is it the three-year Mac um, discount that employee, no. I don't know if they still get it, but um, it's called the Employee Purchase Plan. I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, but uh, oh well. Um, it's 25% off your Mac um, plus US $500 off as well. So 25% plus a US $500 wow. off for a compu- for a Mac. So I like saved like about 1500 on the top spec MacBook great. Pro that I bought. Um, so that was a pretty good perk that they give you at, um, when you work at Apple. That um, and all the pro software, so like Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro and all those. Well, I got know. all that through education because oh, I was, yeah, I was okay. a lecturer at the time. So oh, there you go. It wouldn't be like your discount, but yeah, I yeah. know what you're saying. Yeah, well, there was no discount to, to that. They were free. So, oh. so that's the thing. Like that's that's what happens when you... You work at Apple, but uh, yeah, but you know people there. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. You could, you know, they could probably have a few computers free on their <laughs> Apple ID. You never know. <laughs> so, so you went into broadcast. So moving on. Yes. 
you then went into acting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that evolved and you know and that came was, about. That was actually such an impulse choice that I made. Um, the reason being was because. Well, there's two reasons why. The first one was simply I started doing I started acting training last year, so I was 10, 26, right? And I was getting a little bit I wouldn't say depressed was the right word, but I was kind of like I'm not doing everything that I that I wanted to do when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? So remember I was telling you when I was 12, I was making all these movies with my brother, and we sure. were acting in these movies, and you know, yeah. we're, you know, kind of learning the whole thing as we kind of grow up um and then i was like i'm getting a bit depressed because i'm working so hard in in this radio environment and i'm doing all this you know social media stuff but i'm just not feeling satisfied just more the fact that i don't think i'm doing everything that the little me wanted to do Mm. so i thought okay what's the next thing i want to do and i was like oh well i've i want to kind of act do you know what i mean i've always wanted to direct my brother and i love the whole directing side of things but i feel to direct, you got to know how to act. I feel you just got to understand the. I think it, I think it helps. I yeah, used to say craft. that to my students. Um, even if you do a course as an actor, not to become an actor, but to understand that vernacular, that world, yes. uh, it, it's all about communication. Like eighty percent of directing is communicating, or ninety yeah. percent, mm-hmm. I'd say. Mm-hmm. So it is worth it to do that. It's yeah, hundred percent is, and um, and that is. That is what it was when I started oh, training. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, like uh, so, I started off with uh, this trainer, this mentor. His name Jeremy Levi. Um, he does Actors Management Australia. He was great. He was kind of my oh, entry yes. Yes. In, into it, um, and he was great because he. It's interesting because when my brother and I were dancing and we were, you know, and we were doing all this um, other stuff as as kids. Um, the focus is so much on making things perfect, right? You kind of you want to make it the perfect shot, the perfect angle. You want to do the perfect dance moves, everything like that. And everything needs to be great. But in acting, it's actually not like that at all. You've got to really let go. You've got to let go yeah. and you've got to relax. And there's so much detail and um, importance in simplicity. Do you know what I mean? So the process was very different. So different. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I remember the first acting class, I remember to this day, he was just like, I want you to to have your backpack on, walk in. You had a really hard day. Someone screwed you at work. Sorry, someone screwed you over at work. Um, so I need- and screwed you. And, yeah, you can if you're lucky. That, if, if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's what well, it wasn't what it was, but it would have been a very interesting class <laughs> if that was the case. Um, and he goes, "You're going to sit there and you're just going to think about it. That's all you're going to do. You're going to sit there and you and we want and the audience wants to know exactly what happened." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I got this. I got this." So I, go, I walk in with my backpack on and go in. You know, and I'm all about melodrama here. I'm just, you know, throwing the backpack, taking off the jacket, ugh, just all the size and the rolling of the eyes. I, you know, I collapse into the chair and I'm just thinking about the whole day and being so melodramatic about it. And he's like, okay. And he got me to, he got me to watch it. And he's just like, would someone, you know, what can you read from that if you're an audience, if you're part of the audience? And I was just like, well, someone being very melodramatic. And he goes, okay, do it again. And this time, just think it, you know, don't go in. Isn't it, isn't it a, a, a fantastic learning exercise when you get to view your yeah. own performance? Get to view, yeah, exactly. You get, well, you get to view it. And at the same time too, it was probably one of the first times ever that I wasn't so highly critiquing of myself, if that makes sense. Because I think in a dancing radio world, you know, the senses get really heightened, if that makes sense, when every, right. everything you watch. And watching the acting side of things and it kind of happening and you're in that emotion um, it, your senses weren't high and you were kind of feeling it. Well, yeah. it's interesting to hear yeah. like the, the different, 
I think it's levels of syntax on how you've prepped for one is for dancing and how critical you become on the slightest yes. thing. And being in sync with someone else. No, but too. how was how that with Jesse, your twin brother? Yeah. Did you have like, you know, when one of you screwed up here and there? No, it, it wasn't really like that. I mean, it's t still to this day when we do some dancing stuff, it's always, I always go, oh, I screwed up. And I never look at what Jesse does. And Jesse and I have our strengths. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Jesse um, is almost quite precise with his dance moves and, and, and he has a lot of strength. With me, I, I feel like I have the presence on the stage so I can kind of get the audience to kind of, you know, feel the energy. You know, so, I can ring Jesse now. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you might him. disagree with you. <laughs> but um, so that that's the kind of things we focus on. So if we screw up a move, that really doesn't matter. It's just more the overall right. kind of piece. Interesting, you know? interesting. Yeah. So, so the pro, yeah, like we're talking the process of self-critiquing your performance. Yes, the acting side wow. of things. And, and yeah, honestly, that first class made me go, okay, I feel like I belong here. I feel like this is kind of something that, I mean, I learned something so quickly and it, and it and the performance changed almost rapidly, instantly, yeah. just from him telling me to think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, but not think as in kind of you know um, think of what you're doing. Be be think as the character when you go in. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then the next the next performance, I did it, and I and he filmed it, and I was just like, wow, like I feel it. Good. I feel it. Mm -hmm. You know, as an audience, I feel exactly what's going on. I know exactly what happened on that day because all I'm doing is just thinking. Do you know right. what I mean? as the character, yeah. Um, but the importance of letting go. So that happened with Jeremy, and then I discovered your sister, Fern. Yeah, um, and then she's good, huh? She's, she's fantastic. <laughs> she, she is, wow, there's not many people like her, I can say that. Yeah. And, um, and I called her, and she then said to me, um, you know, you need to have done some training. So I was like, okay. It wasn't so. because she was Burmese. <laughs> no, I didn't know she was Burmese. I didn't know she was Burmese until like two classes in. Oh, really? um, and I was scared of her. I was so scared it's of her. It's weird when people yeah. say that because you probably heard when Fern was on. She was like, yes. I hear that all the time. Yes. But, you know, yeah. when you get to know, I think it's just her demeanor sometimes. Yes. And she gets so passionate. She gets very passionate. You know, if you're not giving the best that you can give, she'll get very passionate. She'll get passionate. But what she reminded me of my broadcasting course because, um, you know, when you're in it for a year, they throw you in the deep end from the very beginning. And you to do something like that, you've got to be a very stern, very passionate, very, you know, you've got to believe in your students. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I, maybe I was missing a bit of that. And when I saw Fern, I was scared of her. I was like, this is the person that's right for the job. Oh, this is good. the person that I need. Because, you know, if my other uh, broadcasting teacher had that, that effect to do that and I'm, you know, doing what I'm doing today... I'm sure Fern, with that level of sternness and passion, yeah, she can really help me um, develop and and to understand, you know, what I'm after, you know, which is learning how to act, learning how to direct, really sure. as well. So, um, and that's kind of how the acting journey started. Is there anything way. else as a kid that you think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take that on next? Yes, I well, uh, directing's one of them for sure. Oh, really? Because yeah, because so my brother and I love making films and. You know all those types of things. Um, I've always wanted to make music, um, but I don't know. I've learned the piano, and I, I don't know the the creative bone in me is not really doing anything there because right. I'm you know I can play like I can well in a, in, a, in some amount of time I can play a song, but I can't create um, with when it comes to music. But that's one thing I really want to do. Um, I'm trying to think what else is there. 
more dancing, more producing shows, like production shows. Tell me about that because we haven't covered that yet. The, you you and your brother or mainly you produce these quite a big shows for these shows the core clubs and, yeah, the and, core connections, and connections, all these things. We, that was when we were like younger, like 18 to about 22, 23. Um, yeah, we used to, we, we got um, picked up by them from the Lady Gaga stuff. God, it shows you that how one little video one little thing, or one tweet – one tweet can change your life, and, eh? and the power of influence on, on on social media. That one tweet brought a career for for, for two people. Do you know what I mean? Like how crazy is that? She doesn't she doesn't even remember that. She's forgotten about it. Do you know what I mean? She's yeah. just kind of like moving on with her life. She forgot it, forgot about it like an hour afterwards. Yeah. Um. But so we uh, we decided to to you know to take on more of the dancing stuff, and we just. I mean, it's really not that much to talk about, really. All we did was just go, okay, um, they want us to do a, sh- a, a Lady Gaga show. So we did a Lady Gaga show. I could produce music or edit music. So I was cutting together all these soundtracks and, you know, making live versions of these songs. And um, and then it was just that, then one show after the other. And they saw that we liked Michael Jackson. We were doing Michael Jackson shows. And then we just kind of grew the production shows from there. We kind of understood, okay, we like doing this as a kid, so let's do that in this show. And yeah. they loved that. Okay, cool. What more? What stuff did we like doing as kids? We we like doing the smooth criminal lean, so let's put that into the show. And you know, <laughs> and we've got budget, so we can actually make it really happen now. And how how did they do that? Is how did a, they is do there, the smooth criminal is lean? A, is that a contraption? In the in like a metal brace in the leg? Um, no, because well, he had oh, that on stage. Of, yeah, it's part of it. So what it is, um, <laughs> I'm really excited to get to share with you guys this. So what it is is there's these two bolts that come up from the stage, right? Right. Or, or if you're doing it, you know, on you know in a nightclub, then it's just a wooden kind of plank that has these two bolts coming up, right? Yeah. And it's all the illusion. It's all about the illusion. So it, you have shoes. And on the shoes on the heel, there's like a little kind of opening for those bolts. Okay. Right? Oh, yeah. So so what you do is you slide your feet into those bolts, right? And all that does is just keeps the, the feet yeah, know, stuck yeah. to the floor, sure. right? But that's not really the illusion. That just creates a look that your feet are on the ground. Then you have you, – those shoes are actually boots, right? And on the boots, the tongue of the shoe is pretty much what holds your entire weight, right? So you've got to strap that – those um, sure. the, the tongue of the of the boot around your legs and inside the shoe you're lifting your heel so when you're lifting right. your heel that's the illusion that's like the illusion you're, you're leaning against the tongue of the shoe interesting and the the bolts are holding the shoes down on the ground so it's really all about your core strength yeah so you lean forward and getting yourself up is the hardest right because you've got to get all that core strength to move yourself back up Jermaine, you you and your brother would have because i think your parents are, are my era uh, not. Yes, kind Probably. of. Because <laughs> I mean, no, the... we we grew up in the breakdance era. Yes, like for electric the, boogaloo and when all that the stuff. dancing came through. Because yes. every Saturday, I remember we used to go down to Forest Chase here in the city, uh-huh. and the whole place would be cleared, and every there would be cardboard everywhere. Okay. Everyone would bring their stereos and ghetto blasters. Nice. We used to spend hours just dancing and listening to music, you mm. know. But your foundations of dance probably come from. You know, now that you say, and, yeah, yeah and, well, now that you say that, actually, my uncle was a break dancer. So he used to do a lot of the electric boogaloo, um, Shalimar, you know, Shalimar. You, you know, you know, all those, <laughs> those types of things. Um, he was the one who told me that the moonwalk is actually called the black, the backslide. It's not called the moon. Yeah. It was originally called the backslide. Anyway. Um, so yeah, maybe a bit of the dancing influence came from that, but yeah, I don't really know where the dancing side of it just, just kind of. I don't, I don't really know what kind of sparked it. We just did it yeah. when we were really young. It's interesting when you talk to dancers, though. Uh, Fern and I, we worked in New York City for a while. 
And the guy that was there, one day we found out that he was in Michael Jackson's bad clip. He was one of the dancers. And so we had a long chat to him about, you know, being on set uh, with Michael Jackson during the bad time, uh, during that video. Yes. Um, But I think that's how, I mean, we met, I was teaching a class, you were in the class. Yes. And then we found out we're a Michael Jackson, we both had grown up with his music. Doesn't that say a lot Mm. about how Michael Jackson's music has lasted the uh, the test of time? Where someone in my generation and someone in your generation can talk about how that music had yeah. influenced them in yeah. some way or another. Yeah. That shows a good, I mean, you can go back to things like Stevie Wonder and all those guys. Mm-hmm. That's when you know. That's when you like Prince and mm-hmm. you know that yeah. these guys have have a lasting feel with their music and yes. it still can be enjoyed today. I mean, still today, every wedding plays. The way you make me feel. The, or they, oh, yeah, 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 they play like, yes. Yeah, yeah, blame of, it on the boogie. Blame on the boogie. And, uh, how can you still not rock to Don't Stop Till You Get Enough? enough. What rock with you, you know? Yes. Or like or when you play Billie Jean, for example. Yeah, Billie yeah. Jean, you know, it's, it's almost like one of those things where – the one thing I was talking to a friend about this actually. When you go to weddings, right, and you go, you know, any any party, right, you can play any song from any artist, and people just kind of, you know, they just dance, right? They just have a bit of fun, um, in their own style. But then when you put on a Michael Jackson song, you put on Billie Jean, everyone, someone does it, Motown, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but someone there dances like Michael Jackson. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Or, or, or a bunch of people would start dancing they'll have like their Michael moves Jackson. And, you know, they'll have that kick and yes. do similar and, moves. And that's, what I, <laughs> and that's what I admire about him the most is that I think out of all the artists, all the big artists out there, he was the only one who created his own vocabulary of, um, of movement. True. And even also the way, the way he... Come um, on. Yeah, like, you know, even the way he executes his, his, his vocal stuff, yeah. you know, like... And... and um, so I'm trying to explain this in, in the right way, but you, you can't you can't get like someone like I don't know Usher or Bruno Mars, like these people who who have been inspired by him. You look at their stuff and you can see Michael's you vocabulary, can. his language in there. You Do you can. know what I mean? I don't know of any other pop star who's actually created that because there's before Michael Jackson when no one danced like Michael Jackson, and there's after Michael Jackson where people. Are dancing like Michael Jackson. Yeah, do you, true. Get, do you get what I mean? True. It's almost like you know, there's tap dancing, there's ballet, there's the Bob Fosse. I guess he's probably one of the few that's mm. created his own language of dance. And there's Michael Jackson. I feel like he had his own genre of dance. And he came out at the, I mean, at the right time with MTV. Yes, you know exactly. And yeah, he was the first black artist on yeah. MTV as well. What a, yeah. like that was a massive thing. Um, and you think a generation before me, my sister's generation. Yeah. Grew up with the Jackson Five. Yeah. So on TV there were the Jackson Five and then the Osmonds. Yeah. And you either were in one class in or one, the yeah, other. Yeah, you know? sure. But that's how many generations now? Yeah. So so have you seen um Leaving Neverland? Yes, I have. I actually I, I, I like I'm a massive Michael fan, but I feel like in order to be part of that conversation, you have to watch it to kind of Yeah, play I didn't it. watch it why. for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, right. Okay. I didn't watch it for a long, long time. Well, because, but I've always said, I keep them in two totally different classes. I care about his music. Whatever sure. you say about the man doesn't affect the way I think about his music. He's, he's a genius. He's a genius. Yeah. I grew up with his music. A lot of my childhood memories have that music playing in the background. That is not going to affect that. 
Yes. So when people sort of go, I don't want to listen to any more music because of the type of man he was. I don't know. I think that's, that's a different way. It's, you know, you know, the funny thing was we watched the R Kelly thing as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my wife, Jocelyn was like, oh, you, what a prick. And, and (laughs) (laughs) but the minute it was over, I put on uh, R. Kelly. Oh, you did. You started to piss her off. Step, step, step in <laughs> the name of love. Oh, God. And, you know, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, but now you can't say that about Michael Jackson and not say it about R. Kelly. Yes. Like, yeah, he's a prick, mm. but his music's pretty damn good. And yes. she's like, yes, but how can you listen, knowing that when these girls were locked up, he was making hit He's making records. those hit records. And those songs are probably about them as well. I know. Um, no, no, I get you. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? On R. Kelly or Leaving Neverland or the whole conversation in general? The whole conversation. In well, general. it's hard to put Michael in that because I'm probably, I guess, one of the few people who think otherwise about the documentary. Oh, well, tell us. Yeah, just because... I mean, I, like the the annoying thing about being a Michael Jackson fan, I guess, when you're growing up in the 2000s is that you're growing up in the midst of the trial. Yeah. Right? Oh, and, yes, yes. You're right. So when I was younger, that was my MTV, unfortunately, was growing up hearing about Michael Jackson doing this to a kid. And How this interesting. Person, you, do you know what I mean? I just didn't realize. I kept forgetting that that's what you grew that's, up in. That's what I grew up, you know, because and, and, and the media world that's back quite then. That's it was really sad, but um, so I kind of lived through the updates and the people in Michael Jackson's life. See, the thing is, when you're a kid and you're invested into someone, let's say you know you're invested to a superhero, you're invested into kind of, you're really invested, you're obsessed. Do you know what I mean? So you look into kind of every single bit, right? So I was becoming a bit of a teenager when this was happening, and um, do we need to stop? Is it no, no, 20, no, we're going no, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. All right, okay. Um, I was. Um, yeah, I was like a teenager, so I was understanding, uh, you know, the, what was going on wasn't new to me, like, you know, when it comes sure. to what he was doing, what, what they were accusing him of doing. Sure. But I was growing up understanding the people in Michael Jackson's life and the people who were accusing him. I had a bit more of a devoted interest into that. Right, okay. Into all the different sides. So what I'm hearing in Leaving Neverland and the stories and all um, the stuff that they're mentioning in the documentary are actually stories picked up from books um, publications that were proven false in court years ago. Right, okay. Do you know what I mean? And these things were proven false. And the, the the people who wrote those stories had to flee from the States because they couldn't afford to pay the damages. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but th- And that's just because I'm a, f- a fan who kind of grew up just, you know, kind of... Inter- that's why it's good to get your take. Yeah, right. So... I don't like the, the idea of abuse and all these things. I, I'm not someone who likes to call people who who put these claims forward as liars and, you know, don't believe claims like that because it's such a touchy and sensitive thing. It is. It thing. is. But, you know, I had to ask you because I know how much of a fan you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm just either this way or that because yeah. I don't – I separate the men. I, yes. I love the artist. I grew up with the music. Yes. What he does in his personal life. I don't really care. Yes. Really, for and me, I don't care. Sure. I've got no opinion on whether he did or he yes. didn't. Um, all I know is that, yeah, I did shed yeah. I did shed a tear when he died. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. when Because it was part of my childhood. That yes. Went. So for me, it's the music that represented everything for me. Yes. So, But it is nice to, to have like a younger guy 
um, who grew, grew up, up. I didn't realize it. Yeah. You, I just never saw it that way. You grew up in an era of that, of that publicity. Yeah. And but when you think about it this way, if you, you grew up and you were loving Michael Jackson, he was everything, he was a hero, and the whole world loved him. Yeah. Then if the whole world hates him, it kind of then kind of influences your decision to hate him as well. Yeah, but you didn't. You know I mean? Yeah, but I, yeah, I didn't because I grew up. I grew up idolizing during that time. You know, that kind of peak was – it's hard to explain, but I grew up idolizing him at a time when he was kind of experiencing all this adversity. I don't think there's going to be another person of that level of fame for a long, long time. Long I mean, you've got to remember when he became famous mm-hmm. – who else has had that? I mean, even Elvis had that at a later age. Yes. And those who have that much fame, we're talking, you know, when I got to meet him in Sydney, mm. it was about four months before we had a meeting and the manager turned around to us and said, there's someone coming in with 14 bodyguards. Mm. Now, there's only three people or uh, one group and two people at that time that would have that. One was Madonna. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson and the Spice Girls. Right. Okay. So we knew that it wouldn't be a actor because actors, they don't come with 14 bodyguards. Yep. And it had to be someone of that level. And it was right. It was Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at that when his bodyguards were linked around him and people were running and diving over the bodyguards just to touch just him. touch him. And I'm thinking he's had that since he was, what, 10? Yeah, tiny. Yeah. How could you? How could you grow up? Yeah, it's it, uh, you yeah. Know? It's it's one of those things. My brother got the same treatment. I told you we met Michael, right? My brother and I. No. Oh, oh, Wayne. We we, we met him when we were three years old at um, the Rendezvous Hotel in Scarborough when he came here oh. in '96. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. It's a long story, but pretty much we were, we were just at the lobby with all these fans. The elevator door opened. He saw us, and immediately all the fans just stampeded over us because oh. all the kids um, were allowed to be at the front of the crowd. And then when he came out, all these fans stampeded over us and Jesse, I think, got knocked, um, got really? three. Jeez. You know what I mean? And people will do anything they can just to even get a glimpse of him. Thankfully, the bodyguards parted the crowd and Michael ran to my brother and I and we were chatting with him for a bit. Wow. So that was pretty cool. I thought I told okay, – anyway, well, there you go. That's my story. But it's – it's um. It's one of those things where, um, you know, I don't know if there's anyone as famous as Michael because I feel the media landscape has kind of evolved. And um, well, you have to remember, yeah. like Michael Jordan, yeah, these guys became bigger than like Jordan became bigger than the sport. Yeah, Michael Jackson was he was so big, but this is before this is pre-internet days. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's okay today for somebody to get, you know, millions and millions of views. Yes. But, you know, we only had TV and radio to rely upon. Yes. And yet he was so, he was, so big. It was huge. It's it's a different time today. I, I think a lot of it also has to do with the aspiration model of Michael as well. I mean, you think about it, he was a black artist who con- who crossed all these barriers, like, you know, and um and became, you know, and also innovated so many um, platforms. If yeah. You think about it, right? Like, you know, he broke the race barrier with MTV. He innovated the music video music format. Video format. Um, um, you know, he was a child star, became a massive star, broke records, you know, worked with Paul McCartney. We, we, we keep forgetting about yeah. that as well. Um, you well, know, that's why he came to Perth. Am I right? Uh, he came, yeah, he came to, to get Perth the right to get the Beatles catalog. Yeah. You know, that just added to the value too of, of who he was. <laughs> but I think people, 
were either if you weren't in love with Michael Jackson, you wanted to be Michael Jackson. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think in this day and age in the Instagram world or in the social media world, the aspiration model is kind of lost a little bit because you can be that person on social it's media. True. Does that true. make sense? Yeah. Like you could be, the, if, you, if that guy's hot, you could be hot too. On, and, and have everyone see it. Do you know what I mean? It's. I think. I think it is. It is what you said there. I remember Mike McCall. I think he was. He was a guest on here, and he said, "The days where you grew up and your idols were posters on your bedroom wall, but that's all they would be." Yes. You looked yes. up to them. Today, you can send them a tweet. Yeah. They could read. Like, look at Lady Gaga. Look at Lady Gaga. You. Yeah. And it's just the world's just become so close so in a close. good way. Yeah. I, I see I'm I've got a lot of hope for the digital era, social mm. media. A lot of my friends are quite negative towards it. But I I always said that social media doesn't make you insecure and an arsehole. It brings out the arsehole and the insecurity that's already there. It's true. You know, if, if you're looking at someone's photos and feeling weirded out about your own life and you start getting depressed, that's not that person's fault. Whether that photo is fake or not, that is you feeling that way because you're looking at somebody else's photo. It's true. Yeah. So I, I really do. I know it, there can be negatives to it, but I think they, the, the positives totally outweigh the negatives. Yep. I have parents in their 80s that rely on social media to communicate with other people. Yes. Well, my, my, my dad is 85 and he knows as much about Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. My dad told me about YouTube. Yeah, right. <laughs> like when it started, my dad said there's this platform coming out called YouTube. YouTube. So they live their lives today according to online that online world. Otherwise, they'd just be two senior citizens yes. living in a house that can only visit friends every now and then. Yeah. So I do believe there's a lot of hope. And, you know, there's good to that too. I, I think there is. and But also at the same time, I do feel... You do social media. I do for, social for media for, for a radio station. So <laughs> I can kind of see the uh, the effects it has. There's, there's, there's people who use it for the good, you know, for, for, for a good use, yeah. for um, to make, to uplift others. And there are just some people who can use it to really just ruin people's mental yeah. health if that makes sense i know what you mean though when you when you're saying you know it kind of shows out your insecurities and kind of you know it brings out that oh, you're talking about trolls that just have got nothing better Tro to do yeah than... it would drop also people who work in that social media environment too who oh, like really? to cause a divide or who like to make you feel shit about you know ab about yourself do you know what i mean people like people don't do that to you do they no no well <laughs> well i mean i'm sure some people do i mean it's just more the whole idea of i think when you say it brings out a lot of people's insecurities, right? That makes that creates the level of fakeness that people have on social media to go look what I have and look what you don't have. Right? Does that make sense? So their self worth and their status becomes about their followers. Becomes yeah, it comes about the, and the followers internalize that, and either they can be aspired to go and go ahead and uh, you know, okay, be better, or they can go, I feel worthless about this. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, sure. So if we're gonna like bringing it back to, let's say, Michael Jackson and the aspiration model that, that he was, he always kind of did things that made you go, wow, this guy is a talent. I've never seen anything like this before. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So it's always wonderment. It was never a look what I look who I am, look, and who, look at who True. you're not. Do you know what I mean? True. So I just think if we had a bit more of that kind of aspiration on social media where it's just going, you know, yeah, I, you could be a great influencer that has mansions and all these types of things but if it doesn't kind of reach that aspiration for someone to be better or do better interesting that's where that's where i feel the mental health you know 
that yeah. can kind of that's where it backfires. In I, a way. I think that affects a lot of the younger generation yes. too. I think uh, when you get to sort of my age, you you don't look for that anymore. Sure, you're always looking at people that inspire you mm-hmm. rather than yeah. you know oh look look what this guy's done look where he's traveled to i think it's because also we've got nothing really to prove yes you know you st- as a younger guy you're still trying to find your voice and trying to be True. heard amongst the sea you know i'm not saying it can't happen to older yeah. people but I, I agree with what you're saying. That but, sort of level yeah. of aspiration is, is good. Yeah, but, you know, now you say that too, I do think <coughs> I do think it's changing though because look at TikTok, for example, and you have reels and other stuff's coming out, mm. right? That's very entertainment focused if it you is. think about it, right? It's all like, you know, the, the dance trends or these funny little acting comedy scenes that happen and that's actually entertaining people. So I do feel it... it it is kind of changing if you think about it because, you know, back in the early 2010s, it was all about Instagram and photos and, you know, kind of look where I am, look, you know, I'm traveling, I'm doing, you know, I'm sitting on top of a of, of a massive mansion overlooking all these things, right? Now it's a bit more of I'm in this mansion, but I'm doing a fun little TikTok dance yeah. that you can do as well. People are learning, you know. It's Which like, is it, a good thing. It's kind of like taking me back to my childhood where I watch, you know, a music video on TV and trying to do the choreography but do you know, and the I, perform it. Where does that leave? I mean... I don't know. Like, where does that leave? I can't see myself on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's just, you. I think you've got to be that type of person that yeah, would sure. do a performance on, yeah. on something. Where would that leave the older generation? The older generation? What, when it comes to TikTok? Well, or? Is TikTok going to be banned? Uh, well, that's what pe- that's what they're saying. I think Microsoft is in talks of acquiring I think that's TikTok. Canned. That's been canned? Well, I think uh, Donald Trump... Uh, brought down a a thing the other day saying that uh, TikTok was something about TikTok not being used in the United States. I think also because they were trying to prove the fact that there were algorithms in there that could leak information. I I don't think that Tick, the the banning of TikTok is gonna is gonna kill that vibe that's going on. No, at the well, moment. reels. Yeah. Uh, tell, Real, it, yeah. tell the audience that. Oh, reels. Okay, tell right. them about reels. Yeah, so it's this new. Uh, it's out now. Isn't it's it? out now. Yeah, it just I think it just got pushed out this week. Right. Um, it's pretty much Instagram's take on TikTok, where you can upload a short video um, of. It's just upload short videos, very similar to how TikTok works. People are using it the same way they're using TikTok by doing dance trends and, you know, uploading cooking tutorials, very short bite-sized videos, easy to consume. Um, And it's kind of just what the youth are doing today, right? But saying that, I would do it if I could use that Reface app that I... I (laughs) (laughs) You know, somebody showed me that app. Yes. And I, I, I just couldn't stop laughing. Yes. And it wasn't trying to be cool with it. It was like, how stupid. How like, st- I love the fact that you've got these beautiful women with my face and with a goatee. Face. Yeah. And a goatee. It just made it, it made me I've laugh so you. much. I just had to share. <laughs> You did one on The Rock. I did, yeah. The Rock, the rock and uh, <laughs> uh, there was a J-Lo I think I did as well. No, Vin Diesel was the one that Why I did. Why haven't you done the Michael Jackson one? I don't think there is a feature no, yet. there but, isn't. I thought but, I'd get you excited <laughs> about like they've got Michael Jackson. Got Michael, I was going to say, well, I'm just going to stop this podcast right now. <laughs> but you know what? That's actually probably I think is more concerning than anything else oh, that, on, on social yeah. media. It's probably, they call them deep fakes. Deep fakes, yeah. Yeah, I With think. AI sort of. Yeah, because um, that is where I think it can get dangerous. Well, well, I, yeah. I, I can talk through somebody else's face. Yes, yes. That's a weird thing. That is a very weird thing. Like I do it with animals and things like that just to have a laugh to promote sure. the podcast. You know? Sure, sure. But even for me to be able to do that, 
Yes. It, well, it's it, it's it's that. It's also just if that's a technology that's coming out through social media apps. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking that's then, nothing really. Hey? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just well, what's next? What's around the corner? Because I know Adobe had this um, Adobe the yeah the, the editing suite. Um, they had this app that they were I think beta testing or or introducing or announcing where you could type um, a sentence. And as long as you have an existing audio file from someone, no. you could type it and then it will have simulate that voice that simulate the tone the, and pitch. Yes. And I'm like, that is dangerous. Cause you, cause Wayne, if there's something that you didn't want me, you, you were trying to get me to say, and I couldn't say it. And you're like, don't worry, I'll just type it in. He wouldn't know. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so that wow. is, that, that is what I'm scared about. I'm scared. If that's happening, the deep fakes and all those types of things happening where you could put any face onto someone, you know, onto something. And then simulate their voice. Simulate their voice and change the audio. You know, you know, that's where we're kind of going, okay, this is getting a bit dangerous because it's, it's a bit, I know it's fun and everyone's, you know, everyone's Rihanna for two seconds, but at the same time. Yeah, but then how would you know what's real and what's not? Exactly. I mean, especially for news. Yes. I mean, no one will be listening to news anymore. No one, no, no one will be listening to news. Because you don't know what's what's true and what's not. Even visually, you wouldn't know what's true and what's not. You wouldn't not. know what's true. That's it. It's almost like the Milli Vanilli of the 2020s. I liked, you know, I like I liked their music. Milli Vanilli. Like, hey, they're good style. Blame I it like, on the rain. Blame it on the rain. Was, <laughs> that was a bop. That was a good tune. <laughs> See, that's the stuff I'll grow up listening to. Milli Vanilli and, the, you know, yeah. fraud or not. Okay, that's the only time when I'll be okay with it. With their, you know, with them being a fraud, they're great songs and they're great style. So that's all that matters yeah, to me. That's Do you right. Know what I mean? That's right. But yeah, I think the deep fake kind of thing is <laughs> kind of going to that end of. Um, Can you I imagine if if Millie Vanilli say that Millie ten Vanilli. times faster? <laughs> if they came out today, yes. Can you imagine a program that could simulate completely new people? Yep. And yep. have music done for those people and put out there that you wouldn't know are real or not. You wouldn't know if they're real or not. I mean, yeah. that's just crazy because that, now crazy. we're talking digital character, which they could do now. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows where it's going to lead to. That, yeah. It's, there needs to be something kind of, God, I sound, I, I sound like it's my It's okay parents. for porn. Just <laughs> oh, not, for por- <laughs> not, for, not for music or, or news. <laughs> like, Do you see Beyonce's into porn? It's like, what? <laughs> no, nah, it's a deep fake, mate. Sorry. <laughs> no, but it sounds like her as well. <laughs> no. um, but, you know, I, I think there needs to be some sort of, um, you know, I don't think banning TikTok. I mean, yeah, I, I can understand. I don't understand Trump, but I, I can see why he'd want to do that because of China, of, of China and, all those yeah, types sure. of things. But... Really, if we're going to think about it, like, you know, these are the other things that we've got to have some cons- like serious looking into. I think Reface is actually a Chinese app anyway. Is it Chinese or Russian? Oh, don't tell yeah. me that. I know. Faces so, all over oh, there. Yeah, yeah, they're going to know exactly who you are. <laughs> they're going to deep fake you into some sort of propaganda or something. But, um, yeah, it, you know, I don't know. I, I'm more concerned about deep fakes than I am yeah, true. With, true. With dancing trends and all those types I think, of things. I think the awareness came out with Obama doing that speech and it was... Um, yes, it wasn't him, mm-hmm. you know. Who was it? The the director of oh. her and Spike Jones. Spike oh Jones? no, it wasn't Spike Jones. I can't remember him. He he's Key and Peel. Oh, oh oh yeah 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 Jordan Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Peel yeah. yeah he did the voice, 
and a speech, yeah. but they put Obama's face over it. Yes. And you just couldn't, because yes. he could do Obama's voice very well. Yes. You couldn't tell. It yeah. was. I think that sort of alerted everyone. But the fact that you can just download an app and do it yourself now, do it yourself. just insane. Yeah, it's insane. For, for the listeners that don't know, Jermaine was in an ad and it was his first ad and it, it, it was a very <laughs> proud moment for everybody that knew him. A very proud moment, yes. And it's him winning the lottery and running out of a toilet cubicle, throwing these toilet rolls and giving this stranger a hug. And then I actually saw your Instagram story of it being canned because of yes. this whole COVID thing. And it was ridiculous. Yes. It yes. really is ridiculous. I don't, this cancel culture is just getting out of hand. Yes. Because, you know, where does it stop? Eventually well, we, everybody, mm. everybody's got some yeah. dark past in some, sh- yeah, everyone's got skeletons in their closet. If they're yes. going to keep going, I looked yes. at that. But anyway, I had to laugh because... <laughs> Then I saw you put out your story of you doing a speech oh, yeah. to the press. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot in trouble for doing that. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, just oh, it's just because I mean, there was nothing. There's, there's, I don't think there was anything bad about that. But that was it was a joke. It, wasn't it? It, it was a joke. It was a joke. But it wasn't probably the smartest thing for me to do um, because uh, you know it was some someone made a complaint. Someone someone genuinely complained. Oh, really? Of, yeah, someone genuinely complained. No, not about my apolog- my my Instagram video, but someone com- made a genuine complaint about that ad do you know what i mean uh, and i know that it's you know you know oh whatever rolling your eyes whatever but you know it, i could have been a little bit more sensitive about about that uh about that complaint as such i could say but, i don't um, think so you don't think so no fuck them <laughs> oh god <laughs> hey you're saying that i'm not saying it I'm no, just saying. yeah yeah no uh, seriously it, it, it got more people angry yeah it did. because that segment it went to another news show and it I did. sent you that link, <laughs> and did. even they were like, "This is this, this is, is yeah. bloody ridiculous." It is. I mean, there are so many ads on on TV right now: people hugging, holding hands, sharing meals. Yeah, but um, Jermaine, they're doing it at least. You know, they didn't come straight from a toilet cubicle yeah. like you did. <laughs> that's a bit. Yeah, that's a bit of a different one. <laughs> so now you know you're this young, good-looking guy that yeah. <laughs> that is a, is known for not washing his hands. No, no, and you know, you know, how many people come up to me like people that I know, and they go to me, "Hey, aren't you the guy that didn't <laughs> no. wash his hand?" I'm like. Or if I walk out, like if I go out and I go to the toilet, or whatever, I come back and if someone sees me walking, come out of the toilets, they go, "Did you wash your hands?" And I was like, "Oh God, is this going to be my my <laughs> legacy? Is this what people are going to know me as? This guy who was part of this cult ad, you know, it's you know that has been cancelled because I didn't wash my hands." Any publicity is good, good publicity, Jermaine. <laughs> oh, Any I don't know publicity. about that. I, don't, <laughs> I you can't say that when you work in the media, Wayne, because it's a little bit, you know, there's so many. But people you're quite involved. used to uh, having viral videos. You did a viral video about yes. buying illegal toilet paper. Um, oh, yeah, what I forgot it? about that. What is it with you and toilet paper? I don't know what it is. And you know, the funny thing they is- They got like that... two million hits in a day or something, didn't <laughs> Yeah, it? but none of these videos were my idea. It's like, I didn't, like, so that there's a, in case no one knows, but there was a video of me, me and my friend Sean performing this, what looks like a drug deal. Can I put that on the video now? Sure. Okay. Put it up if you want. Okay. There we go. Here's the video. <laughs> um, so that video- um, was my friend Sean, he goes, hey, I've got a great idea. Because this was like just as the restrictions were being announced back in March and all these things yeah. were going on. So, um, and the panic buying was happening. So he was like, we should do a drug deal, and but it's toilet paper. And I was like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And we did it. We had no intention at all for it to go anywhere. We were just like, we'll just see what happens. Put it up on 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 uh, the, <laughs> the Nova socials. Next minute, it gets like two point five million views. It's shared everywhere. People were post, people were downloading it and posting it on their own accounts. Do you know what I mean? So that's when you know that a video is quite yeah, relatable, quite great. effective. 
And I was just like, oh, okay, right. And this is this was filmed after I did the lotto ad. Oh, so, so this is like, because we shot the lotto ad way before COVID. So I was just like, great, I'm the toilet paper guy. That's what we're going to see me as now. And, um, but that was a lot of fun. I saw a lot of takeoffs after that. Yes. People sort of copying that copying, idea yes. and stuff like that. But I saw a lot of that too. And I was like, well, you know, that's social media for you though. Do you know what I mean? That's that. kind of just how it happens. That's how TikTok's working now too. You make a, you make a song or you do some sort of video that's up for someone just to take the sound or someone to take the video and then redo it and they get all the praise for it. Yeah. But um, thankfully it didn't happen for that video. But um, we tried other videos. We would, we would, we're like, oh, let's keep going. Let's try it. And it, it didn't really take off. But um, that it must be that, you know, video. you were talking about the presence thing before. Jermaine. The presence. Your presence oh. in front of, you know, <laughs> you're attracting that. I think it's the toilet paper. I think it's me and toilet paper. That brings the presence way. <laughs> it means you've got to develop your own toilet paper, Jermaine. That's a great idea. Yes. The, the, the J-fill or something. The J-fill. Like, okay, so there's sorbent, there's Kleenex. I'm going to now think of a Jermaine-themed uh, toilet paper brand. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've got to kind of think. Yeah. Got to, we, this, this could like take a, a while. Jermaine soft. Jermaine <laughs> Oh God! We could be called the main paper, or 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 you know the main, Jermaine. yeah, the yeah. the main feel, or you know, there could, there you got to capitalize, Jermaine. Yeah, the ply guy. The there ply. we go. The ply guy sounds painful. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm talking about you know three ply, two three ply. Oh, no. I thought <laughs> plying something out of this person. No, no way, no. Two or three ply, the ply guy. Okay, well that that could be one in the drafts. So 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 what is next for Jermaine? What's next? What's next for Jermaine? Jeez. You know what? Um. During the whole during during COVID during restrictions, um, my brother was getting a little bit tired of my parents because they were being a little bit too crazy um, about the panic buying and all that type of stuff. And you know you can catch a virus just by holding a shopping bag. So he's decided to stay with me um, in my apartment for a few days. And for the first, this is now this is now oh, okay right. So and and this is during a time when I finished doing some ads. I'm currently still doing some stuff on on radio for like a good two or three weeks. All we talked about was making a film. That's all we talked about. Because I'd never been that close with my brother um, in, in a few years. Sure. Where it was just he and I, I was working from home type of thing, you know. So um, all we talked about was making a film and going, okay, we should start making stuff together again. Because we danced for a bit. We stopped doing that, you know, um, and we had a childhood, of course. Um, so I think, I don't know if making a film is the next thing, but it's definitely more things with my brother. Good. Um, because I feel that's where I... Uh, work best and I feel that's kind of where uh, more creativity comes. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's when you and you would know that with you and Fern. Like you I and do. Fern, you know, that I can see that strong. Well if ever you need a hand, I know plenty of people. Yeah, I was gonna I could give you a hand. Seriously. Seriously. Why do you think I'm doing this podcast, Wayne? Yeah. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm User. joking. I'm joking. So um, so where yeah. can people find you? Where can people find me? On my socials is yes. where you can find me. So at Jermaine DeVars. Uh, I don't know if you need to spell it or you can I'll probably, put it in the show notes. Yeah, you probably can see it from there. You could have seen me on a lotto ad, but unfortunately that one got canned. <laughs> so, you know, what, you'll see me on something soon, hopefully. Why podcasting so good is we've been meaning to catch up for a long time. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And uh, well, almost a year, Wayne, I think. Because we, we were going to have a dinner and, and yeah. then things, I don't know what happened. So it's nice to just sort of go, come and sit down. We'll have a chat for an hour and a half and catch up. <laughs> but yet it's going to be broadcast to like yeah. 26,000 people. Oh God. <laughs> well, thanks for saying that this late into the conversation. Jeez. No, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I'll get you back again. Yes. With the next toilet paper fiasco. Oh God. <laughs> See you, mate. See ya.